0: Good morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. We're talking about some really, really important topics, ones in which we will receive spiritual opposition. I want to remind you, the spiritual battle we're engaged in is real. There are real casualties. People really are defeated by the evil one. And you and I are called to engage in this warfare with the spiritual weapons God has given us. We've been looking this this week at the idea of spiritual strongholds or fortresses or places where it seems like the evil one, the enemy, has a foothold or has established some ground or a place from which he can attack us or attack our family or attack our church or attack our whole society, our country, and indeed, in some cases, attacking now with globalism, attacking the whole world. And we want to be people who understand our call to engage in this spiritual battle with, with wisdom, strategically. You don't enter into a battle just willy-nilly shooting at anything. Rather, we want to be people who understand the enemy, his tactics. We understand our weapons. We don't fight on his, with his weapons. We don't fight on his turf, shall we say. We invade it and overcome it, but we don't stoop to his tactics lest we be defeated and fight his way. First, we've been looking at here, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. This is what we're talking about this week. What are these fortresses? How do we identify them? How do we destroy them? My friends, God wants to use you and me to destroy fortresses, or we often use the word strongholds, the King James word here, strongholds that the evil one has established. We are destroying speculations Paul goes on, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. This morning, I'd like to talk about three ways that the enemy establishes a stronghold. Remember what we've said, this is something more than a temptation, something more than your typical, uh, you know, I'm struggling with something. We're talking here about a place where it seems like the evil one has, has got power, He's got control. He might have control of of a country. He might have control of a church. That's right. That can happen. He might have control of a family, something that that has become such a, he's gained so much, such a stronghold that it's like he's got control there. He might even have control of a person. And dare I say, Although he should never have control of a Christian, in all too many cases, he does. How does this happen? How can this be? It shouldn't be. Our God is stronger than him, more powerful than him. Jesus said he came to destroy the works of the devil, 1 John 3, verse 8. He said that his church is going to prevail against the very gates of hell, the powers of hell. In Colossians 2, he disarmed the rulers, the authorities, these spiritual powers. They should have no power. They should have no victories, but they do. And often it's because we don't understand what they are nor how to fight against them. I'd like to talk briefly this morning, three ways that the enemy can establish a foothold, a spiritual stronghold, a fortress in our lives. Number one is when we yield to sin. Yesterday in the chat, uh, one of the fellows asked, don't we always choose to sin? Is it ever out of our control? And I would say, yes, we choose to sin, no doubt about it. We, sin is conceived when, when the, the devil tempts us and he knows some weakness within us, he tempts us, and then we yield, we give in, and we choose. But notice what Jesus says here, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. That's a pretty heavy comment. It's like we do not have, we're not the slave of sin. We're set free by faith in Jesus Christ. But an unbeliever who's not been set free and even a believer who chooses, yields, intentionally gives into sin can to some degree become a slave of that sin in which they begin to lose their free will. They lose their ability to make choices. The sin becomes too powerful. They just can't overcome it. We might call this an addiction. We see it where where some people they take pornography as a common addiction or maybe the largest most common addiction in our country today. And we don't think of it. we think of addiction as alcohol and drugs. but pornography has become an addiction. And how many people said, I hate this stuff, I don't like it, I don't want to do it anymore. It's disgusting. it's but I can't stop. I can't stop. Why? Because they've become a slave to sin. Well, what has happened? They chose, they yielded, they made some choices, and then Satan established a stronghold. And if all they do is talk about, I'm going to deal with the symptom of what I look at, they're missing attacking the stronghold and taking taking back that ground in which they had allowed the evil one, to establish a fortress. He does, again, he does this in individuals, families, churches, businesses, universities, schools. A foothold gets in, perhaps in the name of tolerance, perhaps in the name of being open to different ideas. This happened in the Corinthian church. Where uh, And a little leaven was leavening the whole lump, Paul told them in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. A stronghold had been established, was affecting the whole church because they had allowed, they'd yield sin. And now they were becoming a slave. They're being affected by this sin. Don't, you know, in Christ, I believe that God has forgiven us already. I believe that if I sin next week, God forgave me already when I came to Christ through the work of Je- when I came to Christ through the work Jesus accomplished on the cross. So I believe God has forgiven me. But don't ever think, my friend, that there are not consequences to even you and I yielding to sin. It's dangerous. It's a poison. This devil came to, to steal, kill, and destroy. Sin will destroy. And when we yield to sin, we begin to give Satan, an opportunity, a foothold, a place from which to attack us again. And you do it too much and you'll find that somehow you become overpowered and you don't even know how to get out of it. This is what we'll be talking about here in the days to come. Secondary way I think Satan establishes strongholds is this. Jesus said in John 8, 44, he, was, he, the devil, was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Why? Because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. To me, this is like one of the most significant verses in the Bible, because we've got to know our enemy. We've got to know why we're defeated, why we why we go the wrong path, why people make bad decisions, why people make bad choices, why people don't come to Christ, why people do things that are destructive to them, why they're not on the straight and narrow path and on the broad path. Because the devil's a liar and he's a good liar. He's extremely persuasive. He knows he knows us, he studied us, he understands our motivations, our weaknesses, our are places where he can get through to us. He knows how to do that. And I have found in particular that when we accept the lie when we accept the lies of Satan, we are giving him a stronghold. We're giving him room in our life. We're giving him place to establish his fortress. We're giving him opportunity to establish a base of operation from which he can attack us over and over and over again. I found that his lies are particularly powerful when they deal with us when, when we are experiencing emotional pain. Some of the most destructive lies Satan tells that become strongholds that affect us our entire life are lies he tells us during hurtful times. Maybe you're just a kid, And kids make fun of you about something, or they reject you, or they bully you, or something. And we've all go through this. Everybody gets rejected. Everybody gets made fun of. Everybody gets bullied, beat up, or whatever, different times. But there might have been something that, in those times, Satan will want to whisper something in your ear. God's not here for you. God doesn't hear your prayers. God doesn't love you. Nobody loves you. No one will ever love you. He'll whisper these lies into your ears, and in that time of emotional pain, it may stick, and it becomes a stronghold, and can it affect the way you see yourself, the way you view your relationships, the way you live your life. Some many many um, many people have been sexually abused in their youth. And they're they're told lies. You're not worth anything, or this is the only way anyone would ever ever love you again, or ever accept you. They're told lies, and it becomes a stronghold within them. And indeed, many of the many, many of the social ills we have in our world today become are the result of youth being sexually abused and accepting lies. You don't have to hear those lies, and if you've been abused, you don't have to let that destroy your life. But so many people do. He whispers their lies, and it becomes a stronghold. So many, uh, and, and this is a big, big, big issue in our day. Have you been through pain? Boy, that's when when you're in pain, when things aren't going right, when circumstances aren't going right. Understand, your enemy is going to be whispering lies in your ears at that time. And if you're listening and you accept those lies, you are giving him the opportunity to have a base of operation, a a stronghold, a fortress from which to continue attacking you. And don't just deal with the symptom. Don't just deal with the feelings you have. You've got to understand how do you go after that stronghold and get rid of it and drive it out and prevail and destroy it if you want to walk in victory. I think the third thing that I'd like to suggest how Satan establishes strongholds is found in Deuteronomy. And here, God says this, you shall not worship them, false gods, you shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Catch this now, ready? Visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Deuteronomy 5, verses 9 and 10. This is a pretty heavy verse, isn't it? This talks about what we call generational sins. Generational sins are sins that can be passed down from uh, through a family, through a family line. And if you've come from a family of people who hate you, who refuse to live your command, God's commandments, and, and things get involved in there, bitterness, sexual immorality, adultery, um, uh, hatred, division, things like this, you, and you grow up in that world. It's like a fish in water doesn't realize it's in water. And we can grow up thinking this is the way life is, it, that you, you always get, you react this way, you react in anger, you have an outburst of anger, that people just cheat, people aren't trustworthy, people pe, people break up, families break up, relationships break all these different things. And this can lead, this experience can lead to sins that were prevalent in your family, becoming strongholds in your life. Indeed, notice what he says here, visiting the sins of the fathers on the to the third and fourth generation. Friends, one of the greatest social ills in our country today is the is the absentee fathers, children being raised without fathers. We read the very last verse of the Old Testament. God says in the book of Malachi chapter four, verse six, that God would send Elijah who would turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children, and the hearts of the children of the fathers, lest I come and smite the land with a curse. This is, all the money we throw at our social ills, all the social problems we have, all the government programs we have, all the laws we can establish is not going to solve this problem of fathers because Scripture says, that there'll be a curse in the land without fathers loving their children, children loving their fathers. And it says that, that the iniquity of the fathers, their sins will be passed on to the next generation. If you have grown up in a fatherless home, if you have had a father who has been rebellious towards God, there may be strongholds Satan has developed in your life that you don't even know why. Why am I so tempted by this? Why do I seem overcome by the these feelings, this this temptation, this temptation of sin? Why does it why does it seem like I can't break loose? That's a stronghold. Now the good news is, strongholds can be broken, whether it's because you yielded and became a slave of sin, or whether it's because uh, the devil lied to you in a time of pain and you and and something really stuck in your in your life from your past and you believed it or whether it's a generational sin, strongholds can be broken in the name of Jesus and by the power of blood, the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what he says. He came to destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3.8, 2 Corinthians 10. We are destroying fortresses. We are have mighty weapons for the uh, divinely powerful weapon for the destruction of these fortresses. But you've got to recognize them. You've got to acknowledge them. You've got to see them. You've got to understand them. And these fortresses, like I said, these strongholds can be in, in your life. They can be in your family. They can be in your church. They can be in your business, your school. They can be in our country. And indeed, many of them are. And you think of the the, the, the sins that have taken root in our country. The beliefs that we have embraced, the the false ideas. Why? Because we've yielded as a culture, or maybe as a church, maybe as a family, yielded to sin, accepted the lies of the evil one, especially in painful situations, or generational, and they've become rooted deeply within our society. These require us to fight against them, to rise up against them, to destroy these speculations. This is the hope for you, your family, your church, your country. And if we ignore this aspect and we just think the answer is political or the answer is, you know, new economy or put some money on something, that's not the answer. These are spiritual problems that need spiritual solutions. And church, that's where we come into it. Now, by the way, I'm not saying we don't get involved politically or we don't, you know, think of how money can... All these things do relate. But they start with the divine weapons. We have the word of God and prayer. And let's pray right now. Oh Father in heaven, I thank you today for those who are joining me. I think, Lord, of how we have a a cruel and a powerful enemy. He's been disarmed by you, but he he struts about with as if he has power and he and he only has it if we allow him to have it. We come against him today, Lord, and we say we we will not yield to sin we will not believe his lies and we come to you lord asking for mercy if we have been uh if if there's generational sins that are binding us we pray that the spiritual fortresses in our life the lives of our children our family our spouse our relatives the lives of our in our the people in our schools our the teachers of our children we pray for our churches We pray for our country, Lord, where there are fortresses. Help us to see them, to perceive them, to discern them, and then to use your divine power, your divine weapons of your truth of your word and the the power of prayer to come against them. And might we not lose heart, might we persevere in the spiritual struggle. Lord, we are grieved when we see the, the growing evil in our world. It's all around us. We're grieved by it. We can be frightened by it. I pray, Lord, give us courage to fight it with all of our heart. We pray in the name of Jesus, by his mighty name, his mighty power, and the victory he secured through his death and resurrection, for the breaking of these strongholds, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Okay, thanks for joining me today. We are talking about this, and we're going to to continue on this tomorrow. How do we actually break these strongholds? And we're going to continue to identify what are the most significant ones that really are in our lives and in our culture. They're kind of common, but we want to learn how to identify them and destroy them. Amen? If you're new here, I'm so glad to have you along. I hope you'll join us regularly. We come here morning after morning, 8.30 a.m. live, or you can watch later in the day. Uh, You can even listen to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platform. If you're here regularly, I love you. So glad to have you along. God bless you. Be strong, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.